My grandma has always said, it's wonderful that you have so many friends, and I agree with her. During the pandemic, I realized how much I miss seeing the people who make my life so bright and interesting, and I wanted to find a way to introduce all of these stars to the world. And so I created this podcast. You, dear listener, will get a chance to be introduced to those who make my world hum with possibility. We will talk about serious things, silly things, sad things, glorious things, and things that make us feel alive. So settle in. It's just you and me. Hello, everyone. We are back, and I am here with my father, and I'm so excited to be talking to him today. Hello, father. How are you? Hey, Julie. I am great. Tell me and tell the audience, I mean, it's pretty obvious who you are, but give me a little more of who you are, how, and how we know each other. Yeah. Well, I am Julie's dad. A little over 40 years ago, uh, I met Julie coming out of mom and uh, it was kind of cool. That's the first thing I said was, hi, Julie. I was one of the first people I think to ever see you. Yeah. So, you know, it was 40 years ago and uh, it was kind of cool. We were 41 years ago now, I guess. Anyways. Um, so that's how we know each other. That's how we met. That's how we know each other. We are father and daughter. That's right. So a little, a little bit about me. I'm retired mm-hmm. now. I retired for about two and a half years. And uh, I retired from Home Depot. I was there 23 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was good. It was a good job. I Basically, on my uh, working career, I was in sales management, commercial sales management. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed it. I loved it. I, I was in there many years with a couple of different companies. One was Glidden Paint and another was Saxon Paint. And I had a lot of the same customers for three generations. A lot of the smaller customers wow. were family. And it was, I loved it. I loved yeah. the people. They became friends of mine. And, uh, you know, it was it was very enjoyable. It's a good, yeah. good, good thing. I actually sold insurance in between there for five years. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, how would you, yeah. how do you think people would describe you? Like, how well, do you I, think? How do you think your brothers would describe you? All my brothers. Okay, we can go first. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, yeah. How do you think Fred would describe oh, you? Fred would describe me as a you know, very loving brother, okay. uh, very devoted, sometimes a little flaky, and which is true. It's, I cause my flakiness. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, and sometimes how to get along with. I mean, that's how I, I, once again, I cause that too. Yeah. I've, even my friends have said, you know, it, I'm, I'm, I could be my own worst enemy. I could be, I could be my own best friend. Uh-huh. I've got a lot of dichotomy in my personality. Yeah. Um, and it's, you know, it's not like I'm the same thing all the time. Yeah. But Phil would probably describe me as that. He, but we, we love each other and uh, oh, we yeah. always have as well. Yeah. Now, I've got three, two other brothers. Fred yeah. is 73 now. Fred's 73, and Fred you're, 73. you're second, you're second in the brothers. Yep. My youngest brother, well, my young brother, Matt Dick, who passed uh-huh. away, yeah. would be 71. Right. Just a, and uh, John is yeah. 65, 6, 7, 65, something like that. Yeah. He was born in 55, so that would be 66. And as far, if, as far as him, he and I probably are Probably black horns more than anybody else. We, uh, but we love each other. You and John, you and Uncle John. Uncle John, yeah. And we just uh-huh. have different different personalities, but um, 
I would say he would describe me as, as once again, being devoted and being very loving, but also being very obstinate at times, you know, kind of the contrarian, shall we say. Yes. And I, it, sometimes I do that on purpose, and sometimes uh-huh. it just comes out naturally. Right. Um, but that's the way it is. That's the way I've always been ever since I was a kid. Yeah. And it's funny. You wanted to talk about, you know, when I was growing up, uh-huh. I lived in many different places. Julie's grandpa, my dad, was an IBMer, and we always moved. You know, I've been moved. We moved all the time. Mm-hmm. I lived in Omaha, Nebraska for a couple of years, two places. Then I lived in Broadview, Illinois, which I'm going to make a reference to in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I moved to Western Springs, Illinois. And then we moved to Moline. And then we moved to Bethesda, Maryland. And then we moved back to uh, Western Springs. We rented a house so Dad could get us to school. Mm-hmm. And then six months later, we lived in a house for about 15 years. And after that, we kind of both went our ways. You know, we got married and lived in several places when we got married. But um, yeah, that was my, I, it was kind of a neat, neat growing up because I met a lot of different people, literally people from all over the world, mm-hmm. especially when we were in Washington. I mean, I mostly basically grew up in the Wasp community, you know, that pretty well to do and had a good job. Mm-hmm. You know, most of my friends were white and mm-hmm. uh, pretty, pretty much the middle, midstream. But then we moved to Washington, D.C., well, where I lived in this outside of Washington. There were people literally from all the continents, with yeah. the exception of Antarctica and the Arctic, mm-hmm. that um, were my neighbors. And, you know, mm-hmm. I knew their kids and everything. And a lot of them were pretty new to the country and uh, a lot of State Department people and things like that. So I learned a lot of a lot about their cultures and things. I learned, you know, people really were different. My neighbor, a couple of sisters, Lowenstein girls, um, uh, Sally and I can't remember what his, his name. Sally was my age, and their parents. Uh, one was a Pakistani, and mm-hmm. his the father was a Jewish guy who worked for the State Department. So oh. you, those kind of combinations were very interesting. Yeah. I really liked it for that area. That that time, I really liked it. I liked Washington for that point of view. How I old like, were How old were you? Middle school. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was young. I was. I moved there in fifth grade, mm-hmm. and uh, then I was there to the end of the seventh grade. Yeah. At the end yeah. of yeah, the end of seventh grade, moved back to here. But um, yeah, it was it was kind of neat growing up in all those different places. Yeah. And I never lived one place more than a year, right. and it, it it the moves didn't bother me at all that much. I think the two that bothered me were the most were when we moved uh, from Western Springs. Mm-hmm. Now, if every, any of you guys have ever seen the movie The Sandlot, you know, with all the kids playing baseball in the summer, yeah. that's what it was like when we were, and I was in first, second, yeah. or third grade in Western Springs. Mm-hmm. The park was right down a couple of blocks away. We'd get on our bikes, we'd play baseball, then the swimming pool was right around over the tracks. So then a lot of us would go swimming after that. And every time I see that movie, I just go back 50 or 60 years yeah. when, we, when we grew up as kids. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the other move was, um, yeah, that's that, that was probably the worst one. I mean, okay. I, I really missed moving from there. And then uh, then we moved to Washington after Moline was, Moline was kind of like Western Springs, but mm-hmm. my life, my, the friends went the same because, yeah. you know, I, I had established them. But um, after going to... Uh, um, Washington D.C. As I said, I loved, I liked the, I liked the place. That sports weren't that good. Um, you know, 
everybody was always moving back and forth. So we didn't have the same guys playing all the time. And also I was kind of, an, I felt like I was an outsider there. And uh -huh. As I say, I remember before I said about being the contrary and yeah. I was, I could wrestle some, I could stir up some trouble. And sometimes I did it accidentally. And mm -hmm. sometimes unfortunately I did it on purpose just to, yeah. just to be the contrarian guy. Uh -huh. and, you know, I had a lot of friends there, I mean, but it was it was just different. It was a different yeah. location. Yeah. And I'm glad when we moved back there, and I'll never forget this, when we moved back from Washington to um, uh, Western Springs, mm -hmm. remember the, all those kids I talked about, you know, my friends? Well, when yeah. I was yes. in grade, it was a, I'll never forget this. This was 60 years ago almost. And I walked into Mrs. Damovich's homeroom. And it was right after lunch. We were just gotten into town. Uh -huh. I walked to the door. And as I say, we had a bunch of guys. And there was this girl, Joy Gothard. She was a she was a tomboy. Uh -huh. And I walked to the door and she looked at me and goes, Bob Maxwell. And I'm sitting there going, Joy. And about three or four of my other friends were in there. And this was the teacher was like kind of oh. like, and then I apologized. I said, ma'am, I said, uh, I was here five or six years ago. And I used to, these are my friends right here. Mm -hmm. She was cool. Mrs. Davidovich was great. But then, you know, and, and I knew I was home. We never yeah. moved in. Yeah. I was home. And that, yeah. was, that, was, that was my roots and everything. Mm -hmm. I was back with my friends and I was in my comfort zone, to say the least. Mm -hmm. And I had yeah. a good bunch of years there. But you know, it's funny. I was going, I was talking, I made a reference to, to Broadview. Right. And talk about people that have influenced your life. And I said, I was kind of the, I was a new kid on the block and I always felt that I had a chip on my shoulder and had to prove myself. Had mm -hmm. thick glasses. I was kind of a skinny, wiry guy. Mm -hmm. So uh, well, once in a while, I got into a few fights, but that's the way it was back then. If you, once you got into a fight with somebody, usually they were your best friend after that. Right. It was just kind of, not the way it is now, mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But um, going back to, to kindergarten, people, I always, I always kind of did feel like I was different in a way. And in kindergarten, I never took a nap. I would probably have been on Ridland or something now because I just didn't nap and mom knew that. Yeah. When in kindergarten, they always had nap time. Right. And I never took a nap. And my teacher uh, was concerned about that. And so I went down to the principal's office a few times. She called to my, called to my mom. Mm -hmm. My principal was great, Mrs. Um, McClintock. And she said, uh, McClinton, I mean, and she said, you know, here's a suggestion. We both were Cub fans. And she said, how about if he comes to the office when they have nap time and we'll listen to the ball game? This is the honest. And oh, my gosh. I remember this from now. And she and I said, this person really gets it. She understands it. And it's funny, later on in life, I didn't know that, but um, I worked at Glidden Payne. And mm -hmm. her husband, uh, Mac McClellan, we called him Mac, Bill McClellan was his name. I didn't know she was his husband at the time. Uh -huh. and he, uh, we, I went over to the house. We, it, was a, it was a black gentleman. Yeah. And I went to his house. We always used to call, play pool. We got to be real good friends. And I walk into the door and she looks at me. She goes, Bob Maxwell? You know, this is Whoa. Like remember, because she was, and I said, Mrs. McClinton. And she goes, wow. And that just stuck to me. That was one of the persons, she really shaped me because as yeah. I said, always lived in white communities. And even though I was only in kindergarten, she was a black lady. Yeah. And I won't go into my mom's upbringing, but she grew up in Cicero. So mm -hmm. there was a lot of animosity there between the whites and the blacks. 
and um, never not with me, not so much. Yeah. I can't say perfect, but anyway, but just bringing that out, you know, they say people that shape your life. I can just always remember that. It always remember yeah. that, you know, people do care, and people right. do understand you, you know. So and, I think uh, so. I think this is a great way to start your episode because we're going to talk about AA. And I think that one of the most important from my outsider's perspective of AA is the relationships and in the people, right? That's right. at the center yeah. of it. And so yep. tell me what you want to tell me about AA. Tell me about okay. you know, where it started, you know, anything that you want to tell me. Okay, well, it started, and you know, I'm not going to, you know, if any of you guys out there are AA people, you know that we give our stories. I'm in my 15th year. And I've given my story many times. I, I sponsor people, which means basically I kind of help them out through the program. Mm -hmm. And I do other things. I'll give speeches and uh, just kind of let people know, you know what the program's about and what my experiences are. But how I got into it, I'll be honest with you, I, you know, doing high school and not that much uh, good drinking, you know, in high school. But mm -hmm. in um, college, I was drinking just with the guys and everything and um, didn't think everything of it. And uh, I kept on going on and on and on. Well, I tried an illusion, alluding back to Washington. Um, my mom, um, one person, wonderful person, she was a the house mom. You know, she all the kids in the block always came there, and uh, she started drinking a lot when we moved to Washington, mm -hmm. a real lot, and that really impacted me quite a bit. And as I went along, as I was drinking more. I always figured, you know, I, I had learned this back 40 years ago, but I learned, you know, this could be an not only an addiction, but it could be a heredity, could be a genetic thing as well. Yeah. And the yeah. thing was, kind of that makes me, I look back and I tell people this, I said, I knew that I, I always knew I had the problem. I wasn't like, I just, oh, I didn't know I was an alcoholic and blah, 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 which a lot of people really didn't, but I did. And mm. uh, it's kept getting worse because it, got along and got worse and worse. And Julie, you remember, and all your kids, I always, you know, did your tracks and coached your teams and everything. And I never drank during that. That was one thing. And I, I would bet that you would never saw me drunk during those meetings. Honestly, those I things. don't, I don't ever, people don't believe me when I say this, but like, I don't ever remember you drinking or being drunk, frankly. But like I, I remember uh, uh, family parties, people would drink a bit, but I was playing. Like I didn't really, and maybe I was just super naive and I didn't, I also didn't know that grandma had a drinking problem until a lot l longer after she had passed yeah. away. But like, yeah, I just, I, I didn't know. So it's, it's fascinating for me. Like when you told us that you were going to stop drinking, like I was like, oh, this is a thing. This is a huge problem for you. Like I, yeah. I, I wasn't really well, sure. I was, I really, this is going to be one of the things I'm, I was good at hiding stuff. You know, yeah. I was really good with the, the gift of gab and everything. And I could always talk my way out of situations and mm -hmm. make people believe it. Well, at least I thought I was. Mm -hmm. and, uh, so right. it, it was a long lot of years. I mean, and it, it progressively got worse, probably after you guys left the house. Um, mm -hmm. or just, you know, as you and when you were in college, and yeah. I was going to go to college in uh, 05. So it's went to yeah, oh five. Did and, you um, did you drink because you like you you just enjoyed it? You like you like it for escaping? Like, what was the reason? I was, I was a happy I was a happy, I was a happy mm -hmm. drinker. I mean I go to parties and stuff 
And I was never a surly guy. I never would get mad or anything. And the thick problem is I would just keep drinking. I drank a lot. And I knew, I said, well, this is a problem, but it's not a big deal. It's not overcoming me. But eventually it started a little more and more and more. And I was in sales, so I had a lot of time off. Plus, you know, if you remember the, uh, was that show with all the, uh, the guys that were the drinkers back in the 60s? I can't remember what that show was. All Bad Men? Bad Men, yeah. yeah. That was me. That was my that was my world. I mean, I was in sales, yeah. and so we were always going out and having the cocktails, so I could get away with it. That's what everybody did. Mm-hmm. But as I went on and kept going, and it got a little worse. Uh, I had time where I could, you know, drink, and uh, by myself. You remember the thermos? You might yeah. not remember. The thermos. I did. No, no, I do. But oh, I, I didn't. Again, I just assumed it was yeah. like punch or juice or something. Like I don't. Again, I didn't really think. Well, it was, it was a giant gin and tonic with seven seven. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. And I did that, and, you know, I'd be outside and go out and you know, just relax. And yeah. that was most of the time. So yeah, I was never really falling down. But it, toward the end, it got pretty bad. I mean, I was at a couple of parties. Uh, I know that I, I would skip over. There were parties where I would get pretty drunk. I would slur my words, and it would be pretty embarrassing. Mm-hmm. My, my friends kind of, you know, like, hey, what's going on? Bob? Yeah. Never really into it. But the last, I want to say the last time, and I can remember this well, we were in Missy's uh, graduation party. Mm-hmm. And that was about what, 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I just totally lost it. Totally lost it. I never, I never gotten a ride for some reason. I'd never gotten, had to have a ride home. Mom left the party. I mean, she, she knew stuff was going on. She mm-hmm. left. And Jim Tate took me home. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was bad. I mean, that morning I peed in my bed. And I, I had a six o'clock sales meeting at, at uh, Home Depot, which I made. Mm-hmm. That was another thing. I, I never got hangovers. I, mm-hmm. I, I, could, I recovered quickly. I don't know what it was. Yeah. I gave that ability, but also it was a curse because I knew I never had right. to right. drink. Right. But it was, so that's, I mean, to make a long story short, as far as the drinking goes, I was just drinking too much. I tried to stop. I knew. You know, I was of the opinion that I was in control of myself. If I wanted to do something, this is my rest of my life, I'd always done it. Mm-hmm. I mean, at my work, I was, I was pretty successful. And it's, um, uh, you know, playing sports and stuff like that, I did okay. Yeah. But that was that was me, and I was like, well, I can handle this too. Even though I knew there was probably something in my mind, in my genetic makeup, to say, you know, maybe not. Mm-hmm. But finally, it's, I went to an AA, it's funny, I went to an AA meeting after that party. Mm-hmm. That was the six six six. That was my days, <laughs> the devil's day. I just the opposite. Yeah. June 6, How did you feel when you when you went to your first? Like, what was that like? I'm gonna tell you that right now. Yeah. In our church, I was you know I was on a church council and everything. Right. And about ten, about seven or eight years before that, the AA group had requested the Croy Rats, is what we were called. We requested to be in. Um, to, they requested our church to have the youth room. Yeah. And the, the counselor first said, oh, they didn't want to do it. Yeah. And myself and there's another, uh, another lady on the council. This is before I was in the group or anything mm-hmm. like that. And I said, well, wait a minute. Isn't it kind of our duty as Christians to extend our hands out and help these people? Yeah. Little did I know that five or six <laughs> years later, I would be walking in that same door downstairs. That year, I went to... Um, uh, I went to a meeting. Mm-hmm. Was this, but this is right, right after uh, I am. Um, the last drink I had was at Mrs. Party. Right. I walk through. I walk. I go downstairs, 
Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. I look go in there. First two people I see were my old drinking buddies from way back when in the JC days. Wow. They were both the quarry rats. And uh, I'm sitting there going, these guys can do it. I can do it. And I stood up and was supposed to give our, you know, reasons why we came in, kind of like what I'm doing now. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to stand up. So I stood up. I mean, I was used to making <laughs> in conferences. And, you know, when I was addressing another salesman, I was used to standing up. It was uh-huh. an hour. I talked for an hour. Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. They still let me. And they still, <laughs> they still remind me of that. But I told them all the reasons why I came in. And I said, yeah, yeah I was just, you know. And it was, I've been in ever since. I've never gone back. And that's another part of my personality is mm-hmm. I could never go back. You know, even though we're a very loving group. And uh, just like, and I'll bring this up. I mean, I've got other problems. I've uh, had a, have a gambling problem, which I've gone to many years. Mm-hmm. All, these, all these things are kind of connected to each other. Yeah. You know, the, I'm a compulsive guy. I do. I don't do things halfway. Yeah. And uh, once I stop, it's hard for me to stop things. But anyways, I I uh, went in, and my they say, you know, we if you go out, you can always come back. You know, relapse. It's called a relapse. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's I couldn't. Have, I can't do that. I never will do it. And the reason I couldn't do that is because to me it was an ex- to me it was an excuse. Some people it was an actual legitimate. They relapse and they couldn't help themselves. But to me, it would be like, oh, I know I can come back. So how we, if I relapse, these guys will take me back. So to me, right. one of us is to a lot of other people. But how but, hard is, but no, like, okay, even, even though you have the personal conviction to not do it, how right. hard is it to not drink? It's actually right now, it's, it's not at all. Okay. Probably, even if you're around it or anything? Yeah, listen, you've. I've been to I've been to um, uh, weddings, weddings even right afterwards, and I got in trouble. I got in trouble at our meetings because people would ask me, you know, and for the newer people, you know, when I was one of them, they said, "Well, what do you think about that?" I said, "You know, I just I don't have a problem going to a wedding and everything, well, and you know, being around alcohol." Well, that was just a that was just a a, a trigger for someone else to say, "Oh, if this guy can, this guy doesn't have a problem. Why should I?" Well, and, and you know, they, know the one time, the one. Face, but let me keep going. They got in my face about that. I mean, that's yeah. one of the reasons I was really strong with this. We called the quarry rats, um, and uh, that's one of the reasons I was real strong because they get we get into each other's face about things. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're supposed to be honest, and uh, but then honest with discretion, honesty with discretion. And me talking about being able to go to to a bar, you know, and not have a drink or a wedding or something like that. Wasn't good to talk about like that around the newer people, so yeah. I learned that pretty quickly. Mm. And as I say, I sponsor people. And I they ask me, I say, okay, I'm gonna give you an honest answer. So this yeah. is me. I'm different, but this is how I handle it. But you should don't even think about it. <laughs> yeah, right. don't even think of those places. Right. But yeah, and I, I, uh, I've been there, as I say over 15 years now, and it's 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 a good thing. You know, your question was how hard is it? Mm-hmm. Now I don't even think about it. And if you're, and, I'll, and I tell people, you know, I don't think about it in the sense that I'm not, I'll, I'll never take another drink again. Yeah. And they say, don't say never one day at a time, which is a very good philosophy. And it's true. Mm-hmm. You never know. You're only one, you know, you're only one minute away from your next drink. Yeah. yeah uh, possible. But I did that because I, 
I just, I, I, not only to myself, I couldn't do it as far as internally. Not that I would be feel bad about the rest of the group, but I would. And, you know, it's, but I would feel bad that I just, I can't do this. I mean, I did it too many years and I can't go back to drinking. So, you know, you get all these natural defense things set up. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, uh, we call each other, we have a phone list, we've got our readings, I read every day. And, you know, I become, I was always a spiritual person, probably more mm-hmm. religious. Now I'm very spiritual and it's not mm-hmm. a religious or spiritual organization, but we do believe in a power greater than ourselves. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't stop myself. I tried. And even though I knew I had the problem and everything, I, I really didn't want to. And I think that's the deal is you got to want it. You got to want to stop. You just like anything else. Like, before you do anything about it, you can know all the things you want and you can give, give all the lip service. But until you really want it in your heart, you know, in your soul and you know, in your mind and um, just for your actions, it's not going to happen. And fortunately for me, it happened right away. I mean, I got it right away. People mm-hmm. got in my face and I got it. I, my mom was, had passed away already. I knew what it could do to a person. And there, there were other people and the family and friends that, uh, you know, liver and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I got it. And yeah. it's a great program. We we help each other out. My, my best friends are in, in AA. Mm-hmm. And we, we um, <clears throat> my voice, let me get some water here. <laughs> But um, yeah, we help each other a lot. And uh, I think we're, we we know what our problem is. That's a great good thing about this. Even though we're all different people, mm-hmm. we all know we have the same problem. And yeah. we all know we help with it. And it's a constant thing. I mean, as I go along, is, do I think about it? Do I think about uh, you know wanting to drink? No. Do I wish that I could drink like normal people? Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I don't. I mean, I would just. I wouldn't mind being able to go out and, you know, have it on a cold day and or a warm right. day beer or cold day and have a shot of Jack. But I can't do it, and I know that now. Yeah. And that's the big difference. I I know what my limitations are, and I feel built up a bunch of, you know, defense mechanisms if triggers ever happen and things like that. Well, I have no need for it. I I, I feel as happy now. I when I go out with people and. They're all having a few cocktails of beers. It doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. I just say, you know, and they know. Most people know. I'm so at first, especially said, Bob, you know, you may think, well, do you mind if we drink or should you be here? And I go, guys, I'll tell you what. I said, you know, God gave me a lot of things. And one thing he gave me was a, a, a perseverance. And my parents, mom and dad did too, as far as knowing what you want and then mm-hmm. getting it into your heart and then doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, so, as far as me, uh, not even you know, if, there's, if there's any alcoholics listen to this, don't take everything I say verbatim. This is me, all different. I'm talking about myself. I'm not giving you advice or anything on what you should do. This is just what 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 what's, what works for me. And what works for me is if I have a wedding to go to, I go to it. Right. And drinking and everything doesn't bother me. But I know people in our program that won't go, to, and that's fine. So that's interesting when you talk about this within AA, and I know also that each group probably is a little bit different, but do they talk about that, that everyone has an individual path, like that nothing really is going to be the right answer for absolutely everyone? 
Okay. All that's my thing is step number one. Uh huh. Got a drinking problem, and I got, and I'm not going to do it. And I won't, won't be drink, won't drink anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I admitted that I had a drink that kids, the alcohol got the best of me. Right. And um, we we go by that. We, we and we know that we're different people, but there's certain principles that you have to keep. Just like what I'm saying now, if I were giving this to a person, like a first step or something like that, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't even bring that up. Now, mm-hmm. if someone were to ask me, I would probably tell them, say, after the meeting, I'm going to tell you exactly where I'm coming, where I am coming from here, but don't you take it to heart. <laughs> you Interesting. Know? But we have, the, pro, the, the meetings are pretty much the same. I've been meetings in literally, um, I was on in Canada, from down in Mexico, a lot of different states. When we were on a cruise ship, I went, yeah. I went there to one, uh, and it was kind of cool. Yeah. It was four different languages. Did the Lord's Prayer in four different languages. It was kind of cool. But um, it was, it, there's the same principles. The principles are that we know we have a problem with drinking and we need to have, we need a higher power to, to get us through it. Yeah. You know, Do you know, step. are there people that, that really love AA, but but aren't Christian and how do they oh, yeah. kind of, how do they kind of fit into this? Cause I mean, I don't okay. know if I would be comfortable saying the Lord's prayer if I was not, you know, a Christian. So what do you, what is the, if you, about don't, that? you don't have our group would everybody said, but if, if you don't have to, you know, we do the mm. serenity prayer. Yeah. Oops. We do the serenity prayer and um, how it's Christian. I think it's more spiritual than Christian. Okay. That we, Jewish, there's Jewish guys and a lot of Jewish, a lot of Jews and Muslims, a lot of different people in AA. And just just because they don't have Christ as their savior or whatever, yeah. higher power is what really counts. Mm-hmm. Why well, choose to call my power God? But if you if you want, if you didn't have that, and you you would still fit in AA very yeah. well. Yeah. Everybody's comfortable, everybody's welcome, right. and higher power is the main thing. Because obviously, you wouldn't be here if if you could do it yourself. Yeah. Words, if, you did, if there wasn't some power greater than you that could stop you from doing this, you wouldn't be there. You admit that you can't do it. Mm-hmm. You need something better than you. Mm-hmm. And we just prefer to, we call it God. Mm-hmm. Christ very rarely comes up. Uh, mm-hmm. Jesus and everything doesn't come up that much. It's, yeah. it's mostly God and higher yeah. power. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's more spiritual than religious. Mm-hmm. I think that's, thank you for that clarification. Cause I think, I think that's important. Cause I do think sometimes people think that there is more, I mean, you know, a lot of AAs meet in churches, like you're saying, which yep. doesn't necessarily mean they have an affiliation. Um, but I, I, I like that, that clarification, but I also like that you're saying that people are getting out of it, what they need to get out of it. And that's the, one of the most important things right. is that. There's messages and we, we make sure that, you know, people are, getting that out of it and by feedback and things like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I mean, I've had a few people walk out and say, God, this is, it's kind of a religious thing, isn't it? And I go, no, really, uh-huh. it's not religious. It's more spiritual. And I've given, I'll, I usually give them, we have a couple pamphlets. I say, read the steps and read the, read what that's about. Mm-hmm. And the main thing in ours is the first step. Yeah. You've got a problem with alcohol and you couldn't solve it yourself in mm-hmm. so many words. But, um, and so that's, you know, that's why I, I say that it's, 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 it's more of a life thing too. I mean, the, the, the 
the first step is about alcohol. The other steps are about spiritual, and not only spiritual, but just internal growth, mm-hmm. sharing your problems, sharing your things with other people, being honest, which is another one of my things. I never really told that many lies or anything, but I could stretch the truth pretty well. And mm-hmm. uh, being honest with myself. Um, yeah. And uh, just knowing that, hey, you know, you got a problem here, or if someone else has one, and sharing it with them. And just being mm-hmm. straightforward with people. Mm-hmm. That's the main thing of the program. And as you build this, all this um, internal thing with your relationship with God or whatever, mm-hmm. um, the last, the very last step is sharing that with other people outside, the, yeah. you know, and using, using the program for your whole life. So in other words, being a better person, not only just in AA groups, but yeah. just in general, you know, yeah. when you're with other people. So, um, yeah, that was my AA thing. And it's, uh, let's say, it, to, it, it got to a point I, I had to do something. Yeah. I think I just, I got, I got the right place. Yeah. I, I walked in, I walked into a bunch of guys and I go to groups with good ladies and them too. Uh-huh. These guys are ass, just like, you know, tough love. I'm a tough, you know, I'm a softie and I cry and everything, but yeah. tough love is the way that gets me through things. Yeah. Why do you, sounds like you're at a place and this is me assuming where you are, you got it, you get it. You're, you are, you're sold on AA. Why do you still go? It's an ongoing thing. I think it's okay. I go because I'd like the reinforcement. It's uh-huh. just like anything else, any group, it's a reinforcement. It's uh-huh. being with the other people and knowing that, you know, you go and you hear, you'll hear something from them. It might not just be an A, it might be some other situation in life where they have a challenge. Well, their personalities are something there's something in there that's probably similar to me and I might get something that will help me out mm-hmm. in, a, in a situation, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job thing, whether it's just be my own worst enemy. Yeah. As I, as, um, yeah. Things like that. That's why I go. I, I go and it's funny, the people, people go all the time. There are people that go, I know people that go almost every day yeah. and they've been in the program for 20 or 30, 40 years. Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's part of life. It becomes, you know, it's, I always say it's a habit. You know, I had habits, I had bad habits. It's mm-hmm. a habit that you form with. And what we try to do is take an old habit and replace it with a new habit. Yeah. In other words, drinking was my habit. Now I'm going to replace it with doing things. like I do a lot of volunteer work, which I always have done, even mm-hmm. in my drinking days. I've always yeah. done that. You know, we kind of, it's funny, right? Right now, usually this time of year, I'd be down in, Biloxi, Mississippi. That's right. We're making Georgia, you know, fixing fixing stuff from hurricanes and tornadoes and all that stuff. Just, yeah. And I really miss it. It's really funny. We really miss that. And you know some of the people involved in that. Mm-hmm. And we, we talked, we just sent some emails out now saying, that's, and we'll go next year, hopefully. Good. But because of the pandemic now, we can't. Yeah. Not doing yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, I've, and I've always done that. I've always, I like to volunteer things. I think. I, and I think it's probably because mom and dad, they, they were the same way. Yeah. Even though dad was out of town all the time, he still was always involved in just about everything in the world. Right. You know, mom, the PTA and the scouts and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, that's, that's part of my, that's one of my thing now. I, I believe very strongly in, in doing volunteer work. Not only because I've been given a lot, but because I feel that I've got some talents to give back. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's in the building or whether it's, just addressing a group of kids. I, I volunteer, I, I'm a mentor for uh, seventh grade math kids. 
Mm -hmm. I love it. We could do it this year. We mm -hmm. tried to get yeah. it going on a computer, but it just wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But uh, I'll be doing that again next year. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, all that, I just, it's, it's something that I always was, grew up around and um, I, I will continue to do it. As long mm -hmm. as, as, as I'm physically able, I just had a shoulder place. So, uh, that's right. You know, you're, I, I you're, you are, let's see, you have three, you're bionic with three different, uh, um, what are they called? What am I, uh, two knees and a shoulder. Two knees and a shoulder. <laughs> John just had a shoulder too, but I'm glad I had it done. And that's another thing I'm glad I'm in the, I would have probably never done all that if I hadn't been in the program. Yeah. I want to care. I wouldn't have cared a lot of things. I, 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 just, I wouldn't have cared about it anymore. Yeah, it's eh, no big deal. Yeah. But uh, that's some things that you let go too long. So if you were someone listening to this and you thought to yourself, uh, you know, I feel like maybe I should I should go to AA, go to GA, go to NA. Yeah. How, do, how What would I do? What would you do? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tell you how I got all of them. I uh -huh. mean, uh, church is because I know we had a group down in church. So I just yeah. thought that. a lot of people wanted to say, boy, don't you feel funny about going to your own church? Yeah. And I said, oh, it's just the opposite. You know, and, and the church is a big part of my life. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was my comfort zone going to our church. But as far as the GEA thing goes, the gamble, that's Gamblers Anonymous. So you guys don't know that. Yeah. Um, a lot of similarities, but a lot of differences. Different types of, different types of, uh, of, uh, how the psychological, but you mm. know, addictions involved in that, as far as brain waves and all that good mm. stuff. Uh, but um, I literally said I was going to go in. I mean, I kind of, you could say I kind of got caught. You know, I was, I did some stupid things, and uh, so I, um, that morning, I said, I told Kathy, my wife Kathy, who's probably the best thing that ever happened to me, or that um, I said, I'm going to go to a meeting. I got on the you know computer mm -hmm. and AA was uh, I don't you know what it was it was on my 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 little uh, uh, card for the uh, casino my casino card was the gambler helpline was right on there oh. I called them up in the morning and at ten o'clock Thursday morning uh -huh. I went in it was that was on uh, um, in November November seventh yeah. eleven seven <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, you know, I always have numbers for the stuff I do. Mm -hmm. but, um, so you, I, so you found a number. You could also go online, right? Yep. And then, if you were someone who like had the, you know, was I mean, because I think this takes guts, it takes courage to say you have a problem. You need to no, go. And no one else can yeah. say that for you. Let so what see. do you so what would I have what would I expect if I was going for the first time and I also was going to a place where I did not know any like the location, like, you know, it wasn't a common right. place that I went to. Like, what would a meeting feel like or be like for me? It's different for different people. I'm an outgoing okay. people with me. You know that. I'm a very outgoing person. I love people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it wasn't for me conversing with the people. But the hardest thing, as you said, the hardest thing to do is to admit it to yourself. Right. That you have that problem. And then to tell somebody else, mm. basically, hey, I give up on that. I can't do it myself. You're defeating, you're admitting defeat. Okay. And that's why for me that was real hard because I wasn't used to doing that. Yeah. And but going into a meeting and just saying, I'm Bob M and I am an alcoholic. I am I I am a compulsive gambler. Yeah. And then you just have to be then you listen. 
for the person going in to the key of the first is listening. People are going to say things that are similar to what you're going to think that you're the only one with. Sure. That's true. <laughs> you're going to sure. find out, uh, you know, as they say, we are more, we are more in common and we are, have differences. Mm-hmm. And in that, in that it's, you listen, but you have to come back. The hardest thing is to come back the next time yeah. and open your mind up and mm-hmm. listen to people and just be receptive and knowing that it's not, not and the first thing is you, the one day at a time isn't corny, it's the truth. Mm-hmm. You take it one step at a time because if you say, oh, wow, I can never drink again or I can never gamble again, probably not going to do it because that's too overwhelming. Too overwhelming to think that my whole life I can't do something that I've done many years before. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the hardest part. That was the hardest part for me. Yeah. And then listening, you know, becoming part of the program, probably more in AA than GA because uh, I'd been in AA for a number of years before I went into GA. So uh, I kind of knew, you know, I knew what the principles were. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. That's the program. And as I say, it's replacing one a bad habit with a good habit. It took you took years to start your drinking habits or you start your gambling patterns or whatever. Well, guess what? It's an ongoing thing. You never, I'm never recovered. I'm still an alcoholic and I'm still addicted to gambling. That'll never go away. Yeah. But how to react to situations. Just like, you know, that's how what we learn. We learn how to react to situations. That's where the higher power comes in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you get on your, it's not like a Cecil Lee DeMille thing where you're going to get the lightning bolts and everything. <laughs> but you just, you listen. Yeah. And things happen. And to me, I listen. And, uh, and God's, you know, God's will say stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and actions or whatever. And it's how, how you respond to things. And that's how you learn to go on the program. You learn how to respond to situations. You set up defense mechanisms, you know, and your triggers and everything and how, how to react to them. Pretty mm-hmm. soon, they become secondary. And it's not yeah. like you give up and let that on you, but all of a sudden, it's just like part of your life. Yeah. And just like I said before with the AA, and G, it's, you're living your life outside the program. You're developing a better way of living. You mm-hmm. develop a better way of communicating with other people and you know, loving other people, loving yourself. And I say, and this isn't, this is not um, oh, selfish or anything, but if you don't love yourself, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. You will not. And that's not, that's not being selfish. That's just being realistic. Mm-hmm. You can't love other people really until you love yourself. Right. Right. That's, yeah. Yeah. What a lesson that is. Whew. Well, you know, I learned it. I, I learned it from life before and after mm-hmm. And it's an ongoing lesson. As I say, I, matter of fact, tonight I have a, uh, a GA meeting. It's, our, you know, Zoom, just like this. I was going to ask you, how's the, how's the meeting? Missed, How are the meetings during pandemic? It's, you know, it's, it's really for, for the for the us old guys. So it's, <laughs> I, miss, I miss the people. I mean, I see the faces and everything. Yeah. A lot of times I'm not in the group because, you know, mom has a throat with me. I guess you got to have one of these things. I don't know if you do two of these, two or three of these things at one time or not. I don't think you can. <laughs> And so I'm. No, you can't be on this. You can't be on Zoom more than once on on a computer. But as far as they call, I'm Invisible Bob. They call me at the meetings. They've all the boxes are there and everything. Yeah. And we've been going for a number of years, but I'm the Invisible One. So I call myself Invisible Bob. Oh they yeah. They can hear my voice. And I tell them, I says, "Yeah, I've only got one, you know, one of these iPads, whatever it takes to get right. to my wife's kind of yoga tonight." Right. So it's the 
and I'm really looking forward to going back to meetings face to face because yeah. it's I mean I'm a hug person, you know that. I'm yeah. a hug person. I like to I like to hug people and I like to look them in the face and mm-hmm. see the see their facial expressions and everything. Mm-hmm. So I'll be glad to go back to meetings. Yeah. And we've had quite a few new people come in and some of them mm-hmm. I don't know stuck to it. I gotta hand it to them. That uh, even though we're starting yeah. to get meetings opened up around here, we can go to live. I got to hand it to them that they're doing it just this way. And yeah. I guess younger people, maybe this excuse me. I'm old school. I'm used to seeing people, you mm-hmm. know, sales and everything, face to face. And some of the younger people, I guess I can understand why. So they might even feel more comfortable on something in this format than they wouldn't allow me. So be it'll it. be interesting to see if they if they start having virtual continue to have virtual virtual but also have in person because there's you know there's also the accessibility of some people maybe not be maybe not physically be able to go to an AA meeting you know so there's it's kind of nice to have to have those options there's there's a lot of locations in GA but not nearly like AA is going to one in every corner you know you walk walk around the block but yeah it is nice because even though you you get to know the people you see you know and kind of see the faces and you get to know each other. But as I say, we were on this pandemic for almost a year now. And right. some of the people that came in originally, I've never seen them. Right. I mean, I have never seen even their face. Yeah. And, yeah. And then I tell them, I said, well, when you see me, just remember the invisible pick the movie, The Invisible Man. <laughs> I'll, I'll come in with a bandage around my head. But uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of neat though. It's it's a they're both great organizations. They've helped me a lot. Right. I think I've done a lot of growing. It's yeah. mellowed me out quite a bit. I mean, yeah. I'm still Bob once in a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I say Bob. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, I can't even imagine the situation of this pandemic when they're power out gambling or power out um, uh, drinking. I, that would die. Yeah. Yes. That has got, it has got to be hard for people who are just starting to get into, you know, wanting to be like admitted that they're an alcoholic, but like be alone or, you know, well, that was one of the things. The isolation was huge, and we talked yeah. about. You know, I talk about that a lot in yeah. the meetings. You know, for me, you know, I'm used to seeing the people, and with my, you know, I had to stay in the house because I had to, you know, my shoulder I had to mm-hmm. watch out for infections and for the, for the uh, COVID, yeah. and so I'm really not seeing other than other than Kathy, which is fine. Yeah. But I was, and that was kind of hard for me. But these things mm-hmm. brought that back a little bit. Yeah. I see yeah. other things you can do. You know, I. Well, I was fishing at first, and then I could, you know, going for walks and swimming and stuff. Mm-hmm. And that was really our main, main thing. I says, you know, if you need to talk to somebody, you know, to talk to um, uh, a therapist or something, a lot of people do it. I yeah. haven't done it for a while. I, I, I did it for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Haven't, I might go back. I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But um, that's one thing you need to do is, you know, if you're having those problems, talk to people about it. Talk it out. Right. And not, that's hard for a lot of people to do. And so I said, you know, if you have to see a therapist, but the isolation will, the isolation will kill you. I yeah. mean, it will kill you. Look yeah. at the drugs, look at all the opiates, all the people that are dying. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, now we're going to switch, unless you have, do you have anything else? You, I mean, you always have something to add, but do you have anything else no. you'd like to add? <laughs> that, that won't change. Although I've mellowed <laughs> out a little bit. And I still do listen. People are shocked. I think people, you know, I too talk about something like that. But at the end of the day, uh, and people say, how did, how did you remember all that stuff? <laughs> I was in sales first, so I had to listen. Oh. Second of all, just because I talk a lot, doesn't mean I can't listen at the same time. I know. But that's, Believe that's me, a- I know. 
I'm for this is I have 40 years, 41 years of experience. So I know that I know that you listen and talk and it's it's just the way it is. Um, so now we get to change change the subject a little well, however you want. Um, yeah, let's see my notes. To, yeah, you get to you get to ask me um, any question that you'd like. I will. Okay. What's a question? Okay, here's my question, Joey. Did you really yeah. write this down? No, no, I'm oh, just looking at okay. oh, <laughs> oh, I wrote a couple of things down besides if I was gonna say something. So Got it. Think, yeah. And then probably some things, but but for your question is this, uh Julie. Mm -hmm. You're in North Carolina now, mm -hmm. and uh you're kind of isolated in a sense because of mm -hmm. the pandemic. Mm -hmm. You know, you do things, um, you know, you you don't have a car, you probably can't get together with your friends as much, if, if at all. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're doing it, but yeah. just with your personality and everything and all the things, have you had any changes in your life because of this? Or how would you say you're dealing with this pandemic? Yeah. Well, I think, I think something that really surprises people about me is that I am, and I'm like exactly in the middle as far as your personality and mom's personality are. So mom's a bit more of an introvert. You're very much an extrovert. And so I'm an ambivert. I love, I actually don't mind being alone. Um, I kind of, it, it's something that I do to refresh myself, but I'm also very capable of being very much um, out in, in the world with a lot of people. So it's actually, it's actually not been, not been that bad for me. I mean, I, I'm very good at, I mean, I've, I've, I've also lived alone since 2008. So like I've had 13 years of, I mean, and of course I was still doing things all the time. Right. But I'm very good. I can entertain myself. I love reading, you know, going for walks. I've also been lucky because since I do live in North Carolina and there, it's more of a temperate climate, I could do a lot more longer through the year, social distance wise, like having my friends come over and sit on my little patio, you know, so that was, that's been really nice. And also, I mean, I think the other thing that really helps me is that the majority of my close friends don't live by me. So I've always had to communicate with them in some other way. Like I've always had to like video call them or, you know, um, be on the phone with them or text them or whatever. And so I think I've already was kind of used to like my friend circle, not being around and, you know, the not having the car isn't the best, but also there's not a lot of, I mean, all I would be doing would be probably going other places by myself. Right. So like, it would be interesting, but it wouldn't necessarily be with, with other people. This podcast has actually been really fun because you're, you're actually the last one that I'm doing for this season. I, <laughs> I just, I, you know, that at first during the pandemic, I got really nervous. And so I was like scheduling all these phone calls and, but then it was really, really exhausting. So I kind of pulled back on that. And then, and then I started doing the podcast. So but I'm also like ready to, for this to be done. <laughs> Things that I've changed though. I mean, I'm like being in this house for almost a year, like completely. I've like, I mean, this isn't surprising to probably you or mom, but like, I've been like 
donating things and cleaning things constantly, throwing things out that I'm like, why do I still have this? Like I had a couch. Do you remember the plaid? They were like striped plaid couches that we yep. had. The they weren't, not the brown ones, but the blue and the red striped like from the early thousands or 1990s, I had, I had one of the love seats. I mean, you probably had them at the, at your house for five to 10 years. And then I got them and I had them okay. for five to 10 years. <laughs> and so I, I finally donated the love seat. Cause I was sure. like, what am I doing with this still? So, um, I've kind of been clearing my space a lot. I've also taken up some hobbies, which have been really nice to kind of just like, I mean, I make hats. I made you, made you guys hats. Yeah, that's great. Came um, yeah. in handy. Yeah. No problems with being like feeling isolated or anything like that. Well, I think at the you know, very you know, as far as the, you know, as far as yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, so I think, so I think that's. I'm glad you said that. That's um, at the beginning. It wasn't the isolation. It was. It was. I have pretty serious anxiety disorder, and at the very beginning, I would just focus on very small things. And they would just grow in my brain. It was terrible. It was insufferable because I was like, there's no end to this. Like, like, what if I have to go to the doctor? Like everything's terrible. You know, it would just, it was just, it would go from zero to a hundred. And so within the first month of pandemic, I went back on, and I hadn't been on any sort of medication for a very long time for 20 years, basically, but I went back on anxiety and depression meds and it's been incredible. So because of that, I'm not... I don't spiral as much as I, as I used to. So that's been, so I think that's really, really helpful. Now I'm just kind of like, you know, there's nothing that I can do. I can, I can only control. It's kind of, it's kind of like AA. I can only control what I, you know, have control over in the world. And so I'm going to keep, I'm going to stay healthy. I'm going to do what I need to do to feel connected to the universe. You know, I mean, I think the social media really helps too, like all my nonsense on Facebook and pictures that I take on Instagram, you know, so like it's, it's do it's manageable. Is it, is it great? No, but do I have COVID and do I have a job? Yes. So, you know, it's, it's, I'm just doing what I can. It's all you can do. Well, it's funny, Julie, what you just said, you know, as far as your, you know, take things as they come and everything. Uh -huh. That's that's all you can do. That's one of the, I think that's one of the big things we did, especially the people that really had never had that much in their life. We, I was kind of brought up that way in a sense, although it's been ingrained a little, little heavier now. It's a little, little more deeply. But yeah, mm -hmm. you take things not the way, you know, as they take things as they come. Mm -hmm. And what do they see, you know, how you react to it. So you know, God, yeah. God's, God's going to throw his shit at all. This is how we react to it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just like yeah. what you said, you know, it's, it's your reaction to things. You know, that's, that's 90%. 90% mm -hmm. of it is how you react. Yeah. This has been great, Dad. Thank you for yeah. sharing your story. I really, really appreciate it. I think a lot of people will either resonate or learn a lot from, from your experience. Well, the things I said about AA is uh -huh. the program is great. Yeah. It works. And, you know, for any of you out there that are having a problem like that, go to a meeting and, you know, I said a lot of things as from my perspective, mm -hmm. been in the program a lot of years and those things work for me, mm -hmm. but um, just do a, you know, just, just give it a shot. If, mm -hmm. if you're out there and you're wondering, oh, I did a gambling thing too. Give the, give, give it a shot. 
that's you. You know, you've got to have that in your heart. You got to want to do. It. You got to want it. Yeah. You got to want it. That's the important thing. Mm-hmm. It's not something you have to have, but it's something you got to want. Yep. And I'm going to leave that. And Julia was. This was great. And uh, thanks a lot. This yep. been very helpful to me. Good. It's almost like having another meeting. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. But anyway, yeah. So, All right. Well, thanks, Dad. And um, I'll probably. You know, talk you know, to you sometime. Maybe see you within the year. Who knows? Oh, we'll see you within a year. It's not going to go that long. Hey, love you. Love, love great you too. You. All right. And uh, I'll be interested to hear the uh, final product here. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Yeah. All right, Dad. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. I am so lucky to know such incredible, thoughtful people. And I thank you for listening. Come back soon for another episode of It's Just You and Me.